You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What's up, everybody? Taylor Welch and Chris, the freaking man, Evans. What's up, y'all? Smartest guys on marketing. This is a mini. This is one of our unscripted ones, and we're talking today about, wait for it, Copywriting secrets of a middle-aged white man from Concord. <laughs> it's actually Concord. Whatever. You can love, you can hate, but you got to respect my copy, bro. Because I just pulled that out of thin air. That was people, good. That, I mean, I'm going to give you props right now. Dude, be careful if you're driving that you don't laugh so hard that you get in a wreck from listening to our show. I feel like we need a disclaimer for this podcast. I mean, we have had people say, I was laughing so hard that I couldn't breathe. Well, be careful, because if you can't breathe, you're going to have a hard time driving. Just saying. <sighs> what does this mean? We're talking about how to get good at writing copy. And this is something that Chris and I actually have both developed this skill. And we've done it differently. At this point, I'm probably like between 100 and 250% better than Chris at this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, 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 man. Nah, Chris no, can write some copy. Yeah, I'll just forgive, forgive Taylor for... Okay. I'll never forget the first day that Chris wrote an ad that outpulled mine, which was basically the first day of Traffic and Funnels. <laughs> because I had made my living as a copywriter before doing traffic funnels and Chris hadn't. And so he was out of, you were out of practice. Just be honest. Like you're totally, totally. Like yeah. I was, I was in practice and everything I touched turned to gold and you were out of practice. And I wrote this awesome savage headline and I was like, dude, this will literally pull money from anybody anywhere. I don't care who they are. And it was like crickets. And then Chris was like, how to use Facebook. And he spelled it wrong with a comma where it shouldn't have been. It was the <laughs> ugliest headline I've ever seen. And People responded to it. And it was a lesson for me that copywriting is about speaking the language of the market, where the market is, yes. and hope for something new. It's not necessarily about tactic, advanced, hyper, awesome. Rather than by the throat. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's just wrap for a little bit about, you know, copy is the bedrock of everything. Like I've gotten good at sales because of learning copywriting. I've gotten good at convincing my wife where to go to dinner because of copywriting it's a bedrock foundational skill. So maybe you can, you can wrap about like how you got started in copywriting, what you do to get better. And then I'll talk about a little bit about my journey. You know, I think I want to like just preface this with saying that this is not just for people who identify themselves as copywriters. I think anybody who wants to be successful in their business and marketing needs to know how to communicate to their market. And I feel like if you're going to learn one skill in your business and in marketing, it's how to communicate. And that's copywriting. So I didn't necessarily identify my, you know, myself as like, quote, a copywriter and that I you know, wrote sales letters for people and all this kind of stuff. I didn't really call myself a copywriter, but I have written copy that has generated multiple seven figures just because it was almost like just a necessity. Honestly. Bro, you're a copywriter. Don't cut yourself. Just because I make fun of you, but you can, you can do it as good as I'm, I'm just doing. wounded. My heart's been wounded. By Taylor making fun of me, well, my copy. I am better than you at a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean you're not good at it. Yeah. 
But here's the thing. <laughs> Did you guys just hear him give me that? He's just like, I'm not even going to fight that. Whatever. No, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is you are like a very, very talented person. You got good hair. <laughs> I'm no, dude, you're, you're a badass copywriter. And I think your process uh, for writing copy is way more, your method, your process is a lot more honed and systematic than mine. Yeah. I think mine has just come from like just hours and hours and hours stooped in the market and just feeling compared to yours. I feel like is, and dude, you're just a savage at writing copy and just doing an ongoing process. So for me, I, it came out of necessity. Like I had to do it. It's not like something like, Oh yeah. Hey, I want to be a copywriter. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, I had to get this result. And so I had to dive into the market. And so that was kind of my process um, and having to do it. And then writing myself, my first sales letter did almost a million dollars. And I was like, man, maybe I can actually do this. Yeah. Maybe that actually works. So just talk about your process a little bit and like where you came from. Dude. Okay. I've just got goosebumps right now because of how nice you're being to me. And I don't think people know what to do with themselves. They're like, wait, what? Are they complimenting each other right now? Yes, yeah, it's it weird. It does happen, but usually it's behind the scenes, so nobody knows. I learned what copywriting was sitting on a beach in 2014 when I picked up a book called um, John Carlton, who's like an epic copywriter. I learned a lot from him. He was talking about copywriting, and I thought that it was like trademarking government. Like with yeah. the government, like. And I was like, how do you make a living copywriting songs and stuff? And then I learned and I was like, oh, it's, copy is what, you know, it doesn't engineer, but it sits on the back of human emotion to create an outcome. And I started writing copy for people. My first couple sales letters were horrible. Most of the, two of the fir- my first two gigs, they didn't even use my copy because they felt like it wasn't good. And then the third sales letter that I wrote in about three hours of launching, it did, it did over $130,000 with zero traffic just to an organic email list mm. on a $39 product. That's pretty good. That's crazy. And then I was like, sort of the same as you. I was like, oh, like this is like what it, what it feels like. And it was like an amazing feeling. But fast forward a couple of years for writing for clients, I kind of discovered, I feel like through trial and error that there's like the market and that's what you're talking about where you're like super in tune to the market and you are like, you're not, he's not just saying that like he can speak the language of the market because he actually talks to them and gets to know them and stuff. And then there's also the product and creating, you know, creating that rapport. I heard someone say once, I forget who this was marketing and copy is not about creating a bridge from your product to the market. It's about creating a bridge from the market to the product. So you meet the market where they are and you find out what they need and you find out what they don't like about their current situation. And then you give them hope. You give them a way out. You give them really the opportunity of a lifetime to fix what they don't like and to achieve what they have only dreamed of through the product you're selling. And for us, I tell our sales guys all the time, I tell the guys who, we have a guy who writes some copy with us. The greatest gift we can give you is a product that actually does what you're telling people it can do. Mm. As a copywriter, like you write copy for a product that sucks and you're like going to hell. Like it's the worst feeling ever. Like 
because yeah. you've, you've created this emotion in people and then let them down. And so, yeah, my process, you know, I still write a ton of copy every single day. I write it out, you know, by hand sometimes. And for writing marketing material, ads, things like that, I've learned that sometimes it's better to just be yourself than it is to be clever and cute, you know? And so some of our emails have typos on them and some of them have run on sentences and some of them don't really make sense to a grammar professor, but they, they read like you would talk. And I told someone this the other day, I was like, you need to record yourself and then have it transcribed because your writing sounds like writing, not like talking. I think that's the biggest lesson that I can pass across is like, your writing shouldn't be perfect. It should be, it should have run-ons. It should have errors in it. It should be just like you're talking because that's yeah. what people, they're reading it to themselves in their head. You know, what did you do to get to that place in your copy? Dude, I literally, I copied out sales letters every single day for about 14 months, every single day, Sundays. Yep. Tuesdays. Yep. Thursdays. Yep. Every single morning. It took me about an hour every morning. So like Gary Halbert is probably the, my favorite voice to study because he's smooth. He was smooth like butter is the way he came across. So the Gary Halbert letters, I've copied all of them. Jay Abraham is another one that I, that I love to study. And Jay Abraham is, has a sophisticated voice. You got to, I attach like um, audible words to copy like Halbert stuff or just as like butter. It's like slice a knife right through it, not even feel it. Mm-hmm. Abraham is like crackly. He's just like real polished and professional and he's speaking to an extremely sophisticated market. And you got like Eugene Schwartz and he's just like scientific. He doesn't have a ton of like crazy adjectives and things like that, but he has like a systematic, like proof-based system for how he put together his copy. Ogilvy, classy, yeah. spoke, you know, like sometimes I'll, if I, after like studying some Ogilvy and writing down some Ogilvy, I'll start sounding like a Brit and you, I'll actually, like I've used the word bespoke and then people are like, well, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, like I just have, and you do the same thing, but like I found the best way for me to train the pattern into my brain is using a good old fashioned pen and a notebook, just writing it down, you know? Yeah. That's a really good practical tip. I think another one too is just understanding and practicing how to be a good storyteller. Yeah. Because if you can get someone emotionally involved in your story, people love that. And you just look at, you know, I'm a big fan of like back in the day, I absolutely loved the show 24. I was addicted to it. I could not let it go. And so, you know, there were times when me and my wife, we'd be up at like two in the morning saying, babe, one more episode, right? Because they were so good at telling the story and opening loops and keeping you hooked to where if you can get that same effect in your copy, you'll get people to read the whole thing. Yeah. One time I used 24 in a sequence for Jason, like a couple of years ago, mm. it was like the time was coming down. It was the end of the deadline. And I talked about 24 and then got them kind of into that frame of mind. And it was like, you're yeah. basically in like our real life, like 24, like you have 30 minutes less. So save your life or die trying. I don't care about the carts closing. Oh, I like um, that. Dude, who are some of your favorite guys to study for copywriting? Well, of course, the legends. Yeah. But I'm just going to say one guy who's in a completely different marketing market than us is Chris Haddad. Mm. I love Chris Haddad because he's like in the dating niche kind of market. He's got a nice hairy chest as well. You can look he up. Does. <laughs> and he wears tights. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're actual yoga pants or not, but no. So Chris is like amazing at communicating with his market. Like I'm not in his market. I'm not, you know, his like prospect, but I find myself wanting to buy his stuff because bro, it's so okay. good. Hold on. Bro. <laughs> like I'll read his headline and feel like my wife is cheating on me. <laughs> That's how good his copy is. Yeah. It's so dialed in. Yeah. So he's one guy I pay attention to and just, you know, keep an eye on what he's doing. Of course, I love Frank, Uncle Frankie. Uncle Frank's. Yeah. He's just got that kind of that charm, you know, feels like he's been your buddy for years. And so he's really good. I like him as well. Because he's from Georgia. Yeah. Neighbors. You know, he's been really good at at retooling his brand as well. And I think that that's something that like, is really hard to do and he's done it well. You know, the you go back to his copy 15 years ago and it doesn't sound like the same person. It's a yeah. different persona. Who else? Those are two of the ones that kind of really stick out for me. So what about you? I mean, dude, I love Uncle Frank as much as the next guy. I was the next guy. <laughs> yeah, I was the next guy. No, he's awesome. And he can make you laugh. I feel like he, you know, He's uh, kind of ripping off our personalities because we're funny. And he, oh, Frank, what the f, dude? Come on, Frank, dude. Like, Gosh. dude, we're we're the smartest guys in marketing, and then you're being funny. No, we're funny. We're funnier. <laughs> Anyways, I love Jay, dude. Sometimes I feel like his emails are an acquired taste because it's kind of like reading through a Encyclopedia Britannica at first. Yep. But Jay Abraham, he's got this this, this chokehold on the sophisticated market. And I think that's really good. And I like the way that he positions himself as like in his language, he's very just direct and to the point. Dude, when I was getting started, one of the guys I really looked up to, and I still do, I just don't know like what he's doing is Andre Chaperon. Chaperon. And dude, this guy changed the email marketing world. And he'd probably be mad that we're talking about him because he's like, you know, a little bit reclusive and doesn't like crowds. But his... SOS emails, which if you haven't heard of Andre Chaperon, you should definitely Google him, look him up. And uh, when you talk about that 24 style, like open loops and hooks, man, that is his game. So good. He's probably one of the, if not the best in the world at doing that with email at this point. Would you agree with that? Oh my God. Yeah. That, when, I, when that product came out, I don't know if I got version one or two, but it was delivered via email, the product. Yeah. And like, I could not freaking wait. Like I had my eyes on the next day, like four o'clock, whenever I should, well, I was supposed to get that email. I know. And dude, it just created such a desire to read it. I was like, man. He so ruined, yeah. He ruined so many dinner plans with that course. <laughs> freaking bastard. So Frank, Jay, Andre, I guess Chris, probably my top. Yeah. Chris Dodd. Now, I mean, I'm subscribed to everybody, yeah. everyone out there. But when those guys, they send stuff or when they change something and I notice something different, I pay attention and I'm wondering why. Mm. Um, dude, another one that I got to say because I can't not include this guy is, is Kev, Kevin Rogers. Oh, dude, like, I do love Kevin. I'm actually on Kev's email list like with seven different emails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Bro, you're like really jacking up his email calls. This guy trained me and... I learned so much from Kevin Rogers. I would do anything for this guy, but his copy is so freaking good. He's like, when you talk about storytelling, he's right up there at the top 
with everybody Dude. else doing it right now. He did a video and I don't, I honestly don't remember what it was for, but the one where he gave the secret and he's in the, I don't know, but he was, he was talking about, he was talking about, Oh no, but it was, it was probably a couple of years ago. And he was telling a story, I think of like a jazz musician or jazz singer. I don't remember if it was for a product or what it was for, but dude, it was one, another one of the scenes that just sucked me in. And I thought it was so freaking good. I was like, man, who yeah. the freak is this guy? And this isn't, we don't get anything from Kevin for saying this, but I think one of the absolute best ways to get really good at copy is to join his crew, Copy Chief. It's like, he's obscenely undercharging what that thing is worth. And I don't think it's because he knows better. I think it's because he has a passion for helping copywriters grow and get better. And, and everybody on our team who writes copy, we buy them a membership to Copy Chief. I'll never forget, like when I was brand new and he was so generous, he gave me the opportunity to work with him on a project. And uh, we had a Zoom session, much like what we're doing right now. And he pulled up a piece of my copy that I'd written for him and just went in and whizzed, like workshopped it. And uh, I think I told you about this, Chris, after this was done. And I was just like stunned. I was like, this is how the pros work. It changed yeah. like the trajectory of my copywriting career. And he puts stuff like that inside of Copy Chief all the time for you to just go and watch. So mm. we get nothing from this. It's just like, I'm in there. Chris is in there. It's a great community to be a part of. So I feel like we could go on and on. Yeah. So now, Kev, that we've uh, made you so much money from this podcast, uh, you can reach out and I'll give you my uh, PayPal address. No, he probably can retire after this podcast. Just retire, man. With so much money. No, I think one thing to just point out too is Taylor and I have fallen in love with marketing, like in copy. I thought you were going to say each other. Not each other. No. I mean, I love you, bro, but you know what I mean. I got you. I love getting stuff in the mail, you know, that are sales letters and magalogs because I just love reading copy. I love watching infomercials and like people trying to sell me. So I think that's one thing that's important. Like you fall in love with that process, you know, and it just becoming a passion. And I noticed that is, you know, a common trend with people who are really good because they just love it. Yeah, absolutely. So true. Fall in love with the process. All right, man, this is getting pretty long. Let's wrap it up. This is like a mini plus episode. Yeah. It's like a mini plus upset. All right. All right. See you guys. See you guys. <laughs> that was such a that great ending. That was such a great ending. Are we still recording? Yeah. Okay. All right. For real. See all you right. guys. For real. See ya. This is the podcastfactory.com.